This is Movie and a Beer, a podcast based in Portland, Oregon, where you can share in our discussion about movies and what beers go best with them. From classic cinema to the latest blockbuster, we all can use a little help figuring out what beers to enjoy in the theater or at home. So listen in and explore with us the vast world of ales and lagers to pair up with your movie experience. So welcome to Moving a Beer. My name is Dan Kopersky. I have a couple of my regular guests with me tonight. We have... I'm your uh, gold Furby chain expert, Blake Hunt. And I'm uh, Randall. Just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> right on. So to my bit. we were uh, really fortunate that uh, Randall had the time tonight to come over and hang out. And we watched Uncut Gems. Well, again, thank you, Randall. Yes, it was it was awesome. Ooh. I we I think oh we both, God. all three of us, really appreciated this movie. It has a lot of buzz going on in Hollywood. Uh, I was able to grab a, a copy of it, and we were able to watch it yes. here at the house. So for tonight, we were able to actually enjoy a home draft of a wonderful beer. By local brewery from Vancouver, Washington, Fortside Brewing. This is a beer called Orange Whip. Orange Whip is from the uh, the classic Blues Brothers. Yes, it is. When John Candy's character uh, goes to their, I think last con, well, second last concert in the movie, and the waitress comes by and he, he points to his uh, two deputies, Orange Whip, Orange Whip, Orange Whip, Orange Whip, three Orange Whips. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, if if you are in the Portland, Oregon metro area or in Vancouver, you can find this beer in a lot of places. Uh, mm-hmm. They do distribute it in Kansas. It's a really good beer. I, I think it went really well with the movie. So Uncut Gems, uh, the Safdie brothers, Josh and Benny, were the directors. I believe this is their second or third film that they've put out. They did one in two thousand seventeen. Get, yeah, get time. One. Get time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This movie, as some of you may have heard, stars Adam Sandler of many, many. Let's just say, sort of funny movies. And this is not a funny movie. This is a this is a very serious. It's a real turn for him. Traumatic comedy of errors. That's um, a really good way to put it. It, it yeah. occurs. It occurs <laughs> in twenty twelve. Adam Sandler's character is a jewelry store owner and works in the gem market Mm -hmm. is very much part of that community and has the connections to deal directly with NBA superstars such as Kevin Garnett who is in this movie and plays himself of all things which is kind of crazy really well also if if I may just uh, editorialize for a moment all right I think all three of us really enjoyed this movie we thought it was really incredible it was it was almost like real-time with some short editing put in there, this felt like, and I mentioned this while we were watching it, like this is reality. Yeah. These, these people aren't making it up. This is really happening in front on, of us. On that note, the uh, pawn shop dudes looked like pawn shop dudes. Like they look, they didn't look like Hollywood stars. They looked like dudes. <laughs> All right, Randall, your thoughts. Um, you know, uh, but I saw this movie uh, right after. the. the I, mm-hmm. This is my second viewing of Uncut Gems. But uh, so I saw Uncut Gems right after we saw Star Wars, and I think I I think Star Wars was a blessing because it just made this movie shine so much more. This was already a great movie, correct? But having come off of the whatever that was we saw, the Star Wars movie, this was incredible. This was really just refreshing. Um, 
the intensity, the emotion. It was nonstop. It was kinetic. Um, you just you you don't, you don't expect a movie like this to be this good. And again, completely believable. Like yeah. everything the main character and all the other side stories that are occurring, he's juggling so many balls, and he's it's like. And I made the comment to the to the gentleman here while we were watching the film. This is what watching somebody who's addicted to gambling goes through. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're so deep into it and you're just, it's the next fix. It's the next fix. It's just pushing and pushing and trying to f- find how you can use what you have in front of you for that next bid. It's or, uh, Yeah, it feels like um, if, if you could visualize addiction, it would look like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like It's like there was never a scene in this movie where at least two of the characters weren't talking at the same time. Correct. Yeah, and the phone—the <laughs> you know? phone never stopped ringing. It's, the phones never stop ringing. There's never, no one ever stops moving. It's like every, pretty much every single scene. There's multiple characters talking, mm-hmm. and you don't really understand what's going on. And uh, it's, it, it's like the whole thing was like kind of like improv feel almost. Like they were just like you weren't sure if they were just like who writes these lines. Like I don't think you write lines like this. I, think I believe just, it's uh, called retroscripting. Is that uh, what it's called? The show Reno 911, a comedy cops improv show, would have a basic like scene points pointed out, like you need to hit this and this at some point, but in between there, whatever. Yeah. Because it's making fun of cops, you have to like sound like cops. Yeah. It, it's possible some of these scenes, like the one where he's, what was the celebration? I It was it, Passover. I, okay, that's right. So like at the Passover celebration, all the men are watch, like, everybody's watching basketball and all that. I'm sure that was like, you're watching basketball. You're talking about what you guys were talking about. Go. It helps add, have add like a feel of realism to scenes where, you know, no one's a bad. Act. I mean, Judd Hirsch was in this. Yes. And I exclaimed when I realized it was him. Like, oh, but just you know, it, make, it makes it feel meatier, like an actual thing that would happen in real life. Yeah, I I think a lot of the purposeful dialogue was there. Oh yeah. And perhaps maybe, as you said, I it, it did feel very off the cuff. They probably like had the basic words and then told at like just Adam and, and the staff like you know to work with it. An right. incredible story that that was told and all the characters. I mean, it, it, it's I love it when they don't spend a lot of time on the backstory. Yeah, they just jump into the situation and help you understand the situation by just demonstrating the horrific nature of human beings and and what they can do to each other. And the emotional trauma that occurs in relationships, which is really what was covered quite oh graphically in this. Yeah, they didn't jump into any backstory. They didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't explain anything. And I think that shows a lot of respect for, for the audience. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, in writing, like, unless that backstory moves the scene forward, you don't need it in the... It doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Doesn't, I, don't, yeah. I don't care. Agreed. Retroscripting, the technique of prepping... Preparing a plot, but leaving the actors to improvise their own dialogue. Retroscripting it was. Let you learn something new every day. Yeah, Thank you for great. that little piece of information, Blake. I've, I've seen every season of Reno 911 and the movie. I was a big fan of that show. Was it good? <laughs> I, I've never it's seen it. It's very fun. Have, have you heard of the sketch show The State? No. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. It, it's it's all very good, just not as recognized as I feel like it should be. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Camino 911. Yes. We're here to talk about this great film. Kevin Garnett nailing himself. <laughs> he was great. I he, love it when an athlete can play themselves like well. There's there's so much to... And yes, in the film, he, he gets a hold of... The, the whole part the, of the film is about this... I guess the this, titular thing? 
Most a, a athletes goal. have something that they draw on mm-hmm. for inspiration and strength. And, hey, I'm going to win because of this thing. Kevin Garnett acquired this would you say, gem. Would you, he, 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 there's no plot spoiling. I mean, it's obvious. No, so yeah, yeah. Kevin Garnett gets the gem for a period of time. He wins. They're in the playoffs. There, he just dominates because he he draws energy and inspiration from it. Yeah, and there's and that's a common thing with most professional I mean, athletes. They my, have something that they use. Like Michael Jordan's thing was like not changing his shorts or something, right? Like he kept his north, something like I don't that. No, I, I really they don't have know they have little rituals that like help center them. Like I mean, everyone does. Yeah, and the fact that this you know the the film opens up with the scene of where the gem comes from. That blew me away. And and that's very true. I mean, if you've seen, there's some movies that have been made about the diamond mining and, and some of the, the mining that occurs that's ran by Chinese companies or foreign companies in Africa. They basically have these slave labor people that are trapped there. They yeah. have nothing to do. So they go work in these mines and they dig for precious metals and gems and things. And this happens to be something that got brought out of that situation so and and there's some flashbacks that occur or some as as is said in the movie if you stare into the gem you can see the universe and there are some scenes in the movie where they actually flash mm-hmm. into like connecting part of his, the background a little the, bit of the backstory kind of the history of uh with a gem scene the, yeah, world, the world basically a little bit keep in mind that that title sequence zooms into the gem yes revealing the universe Oof. but then cuts to what a colonoscopy, yes. <laughs> colonoscopy. Randall made me watch a colonoscopy. I'm not San- happy with it. <laughs> Adam Sandler's ass. I think it's really, really metaphoric, right? You zoom into the, this precious gem and out you come, out, out, you end up exiting Adam Sandler's asshole. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, just let's just think about that. Y- you know, I respect it because I have a like a joke I want to say, and I won't say it. <laughs> so I no, I, I that was very. What, at a certain is, point, I you kind of realize. Wait, why does that look wet? Wait, oh yes, no, oh yes. no. I mean, I kind of figured because having been through one of those procedures myself and having seen enough of the like TV channels, yeah. the Discovery Channel and stuff that it, and there's medical shows. <laughs> know what that looked like and as soon as they switched over to that as a visual i was like oh that's not the gem anymore is it I, uh, okay no. so but it's but a very specific gem is then you go back inside of it i'm sandler at the end of it i mean you you get to get close the loop so to speak yeah and it does go and bring that sort of mysticism back into the film or at least into the character and that this is from him this is something that he brought upon himself and it ended with him as well. If you want to talk mysticism, the music in this movie is phenomenal. Yeah. It's very like 80s. It's super cool. Super cool. Like, um, it's really like trance core. You know, um, I was in Arizona and uh, at the on the TV, the only thing they had in the motel was uh, Supergirl from like 1984. What? Holy cow. I've yeah, seen that. Watch it. And but it's the same music. It's the same music. It's yeah. the same. It's mm-hmm. the whole. It's. It was a trippy film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was like, really, very, like, it was so like early eighties, like late seventies yeah. sci-fi, where the main character is wearing a sweater yes, and he makes a yes. horrifying realization. He goes, yeah. yeah. I, I, they they oh, had goodness. some definite like synthesizer like Korg old school synth. It, it works so well with this like down to earth, real gritty portrayal of like a guy who can't stop betting yeah. in like 
legit New York. Like, it felt like New York. There was, like, I was, you know you know when you watch movies set in New York and there's no one on the street? Because they bought the whole, like, block out to film the scene? He's talking to everybody. There's, like, weirdos everywhere. The guys at the pawn shop look like guys at pawn shops. The one guy with the cast looks like he's a homeless dude they gave a job for a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, these look like real people. And I, I, I really liked it. I love Marvel movies, but everyone's so pretty. Yeah, this was nice. This was this was, this really, was nice. really realistic to me. I I really appreciated the approach they took to the cinematography. Mm-hmm. the 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 editing of it was really well done. Oh my god! Obviously, the writing, the directing, and the actors were just phenomenal. And I I I hope that this film can win a bunch of awards because it needs to. It didn't. It, it really it didn't. It, Golden well, Globes. It didn't even get nominated. Well, well according to Adam Sandler in an interview, I don't know if he's joking or not. He said, "If this, if I don't win any awards for this movie, I'm making the, the next one's gonna be real bad on purpose." Well, it doesn't mean to be bad on purpose. He just <laughs> no, makes he, bad films in general. No, he said this one's gonna be bad. He's gonna make sure it's bad. You gotta watch his stand up on um his his latest one on Netflix. It's really good. Ooh, oh, nice. He's back to his stand up. I'm yeah. He did. I'm a, sure he, he never left special. it. I'm sure he never left it. I mean, he that was where he's from. I mean, he's I an like SNL on. Like he took a break. I, who knows? To make two grown-ups movies. I think yeah. he, he's allowed to make as many bad movies as he wants. Oh, no, he, he is. I'm, done, not, I'm not... He's done so many funny, great movies that oh, yeah. are just, I'm, like... I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. thing. I mean, so... Just, so in an yeah. interview, he said if he doesn't win something, he's going to make the next one bad on purpose. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny. And I don't think that any of the actors had to stretch very far for this film. Because yeah. everything was raw and real as far as the emotional reactions, the dialogue. Yeah. Everything felt... Like they, as as we said earlier, sort of improv. All right, so the, three big thumbs up. Do we have any last little uh, bits of tidbits of information? You had mentioned uh, one of the actors. Yeah, I was, in the film. I, I was trying to I was trying to find it fast enough to get the name right. Uh, the the woman that played his wife, the loud Bronxy Jewish woman, is also known for singing as Elsa in Frozen. What? That's the Broadway singer Idina Menzel. All right. I've never actually said her name out loud. I've only ever read it. All right. So yeah, she's in it. Uh, the girl who plays his mistress has been like two other movies before this. Yeah. I'll say it again. Kevin Garnett nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of act, like sports, like sports players, like sports ath- uh, athletes, athletes, and that's it. It's all right. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of athletes like not be good at acting, and he, yeah. I loved him. He was good. He was great in this. Yeah. Really, really good. So, but yeah, three thumbs up. We've chatted about this movie now for you know, close to 15 minutes. Well, clearly we didn't drink anything during the movie, we right? We drank Dan? nothing during the movie. So, <gasps> Randall, any last thoughts on the movie before we move on to our discussion of the beers? You should watch Uncut Gems, and then you should yes. revisit Punch Drunk Love, and then you should watch Happy Gilmore to just come up from, from all I do like Happy Gilmore more than Billy Madison. I love Billy Madison. Billy Madison was Happy Gilmore has the best bit where he's like putting at the, the mini yeah, golf course yeah. and he tries going to the clown mouth he goes eh, does it again eh, gets it in there yeah <laughs> I'm gonna kill you clown he knocks the nose off it's right a good on. scene alright so before we start talking about the beer that we enjoyed uh, if we have a commercial to insert at this point in time this is where it would go okay now that we're back thank you for sticking with us we're now going to discuss Briefly, oh my goodness. the wonderful beer that we enjoyed while watching mm. Uncut Gems. This beer is from Fortside Brewing in Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. It is titled Orange Whip. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, this is named after John Candy's 
It, this is in the original, the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the Blues, Blues Brothers. Not Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. The original Blues Brothers movie. After they get to the... I haven't watched it in so long. To, to the uh, the big, like, concert hall. And they have the whole big show. Like, y'all, come and go let's see our show so we can save the, the nunnery orphanage thing. Orphanage, yeah. Yeah, the orphanage. And, uh, of course, advertising, you're going to get the cops on you after you've had a 42-car pileup? Yeah. It's the biggest car pileup in movie history at that point. John Candy, uh, having chased in the whole movie, shows up, just sits down, real casual, real hat. And a uh, waitress comes by, asks him, what are you guys having? And he points to his uh, two deputies who do not respond because they are not in the mood for it, to have fun, apparently. Orange whip. Orange whip. Yeah. Three orange whips. So so this is, and John Candy, if you can find this beer locally here in the Portland metro area or in the Vancouver, Washington area, has John Candy on the can. He's on oh, the label. <laughs> he is on the label. It's oh my crazy. goodness, I love it. They must have gotten permission from his estate to put him on the label, but they did. To be fair, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like The whole Candy like family estate seems pretty like... We get it. People enjoy him, and he wanted people to be happy. So yeah. let's just do this. And it, and and not only that, they probably sent him a ton of the beer, and they really oh, liked I'm it. Sure, that helped. So uh, this is a New England style hazy IPA that's made with a whole ton, and this is quoting their website, mm-hmm. ton of Eldorado and Mosaic hops. So, so uh, this this has a wonderful like cloudy yellow. Uh, slightly darker yellow, kind of like the Almost lemon, gold. lemony yellow. I'd Almost say gold, gold, personally. Uh, a really beautiful look. The head retention on it's amazing. Uh, it's got a really nice pillowy white, small, tight bubble head that leaves some decent lacing and retains it for almost the whole time you drink it, which is great. The nose on it is like lemon citrusy, not as orangey as you would expect. As we sit here and swirl our glasses and take a whiff. Nailed it. Yeah. It, it's just a really beautiful, you know, stone fruit, candies, a little bit of, like, berry. There's there's a little bit of, like, grassy spice on the back of the nose. But then once you taste it, all those aromatics come through on the tongue. It's oh, a little oh, dry, but not over dry. Sweet, juicy citrus. Like, I'm going to smack you upside the head IPA. This is, A, not a starter beer. So if you do not like... Juicy IPAs, you will not like this beer. B, there's a lot of citrus going on, but it's not singular. There's grapefruit, orange, lemon, a whole range of different citrus aromatics and flavors going on. And it's got a decent chew and, and kind of the malt character is kind of like white bready, sustaining. It's not super strong. It's not super sweet. But it's there to hold up against these really strong flavored hops. And I think they've they've discovered this great sessionable. I wanted to choose a challenging beer for us, and I was lucky to find this beer available in a one six barrel keg. Brought it home, put it on tap, and here we are. And I love this beer. I, I legitimately, when Dan posted the group chat, like, hey, I got this beer, I squealed at work. I was like, ooh, orange whip. Oh, this is, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, this goes with this movie so well, because the movie takes all these, like, weird turns, and, like, it's just constantly, like, stressed, and so a new whole whole new problem to deal with, and then a quiet scene, but you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, this is bad. And this beer just, one, gets you through it, because you forget it's an IPA, or at least I do, and two, it just takes the same kind of turns. There's all these flavors. Yeah. Can't nail it down why I like, I can't nail down why I like this beer. Dan, who'd you have to beat up to get this? I uh, actually got it at a Total Wine and More. They he beat up their clerk. <laughs> so it was awesome. 
Did they so, have to buzz you into a special room? They did not. There's a lot of buzzing to get into There's special rooms. a lot of buzzing rooms. in this movie. A lot. Too eep, much eep, buzzing. Eep, buzzing, yeah. phone ringing. <laughs> they did not. But I did Ma- have to ask Ma- one Jewish of the employees blindness. to get out of the way so I could get into the keg area to look to see their stock. So, yes, if you're in the Vancouver area, the Total Wine and More up by, uh, by the Vancouver Mall has this beer occasionally. The state of Washington is a two-tier system. They do have distributors as a, thir- as a third tier. Like, you sell, you, you make your beer, you keg it, you give it to somebody, and they just say sell it for you. Mm-hmm. You can do direct sales. And most of the smaller to medium-sized mm-hmm. breweries in Vancouver, as well as this whole state of Washington, do direct sales. So... Most of the time, they don't do what are called dock sales. They don't sell it to the public directly. You have to get it through somebody who's going to buy it and then resell it. Dock sales sounds shady. It is. It's I, really I'm, shady. I'm, I'm here for it. So I was I, able... I angry and the Sandler yes. with a scar or mole, I guess, yeah. extra to, to show up and be yelling into a phone. I was able to stop by the, the, the Total Wine & More, and this is an endorsement for Total Wine & More, and maybe they'll pick us up and do commercials for us, but hey, who knows? They have <laughs> a lot do a of... bad commercial like in <laughs> Ghostbusters, where it's yeah. just, I look at my mark constantly and get, for yeah. you! <laughs> yes. So they, they carry a lot of really good local beers. While they are a national chain, they make a huge effort to carry local wine, local beer, local liquors, and their keg sales tend to be primarily focused on the local producers. I can second that. Having grown up in Virginia and living in Norfolk where there was a total wine, whole section just craft beers like worthy local stuff, like stuff you can get down the street. They, uh, they try to carry, and I've, I've been to other total wines on the East Coast as well as in the Midwest. And they do. They, they try to carry as many local mm-hmm. and regional things as they can. So I'm willing to go and spend a little extra money and, and support both the company and the people that they're reselling for. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, that means your best bet to get whatever beer matches the movie you're going to watch at home might be at Total Wine. It, it might be. They, they do have two rows, two big rows of local beers. And, and I'm not sure what the staff here is like, but back in Norfolk, they knew their stuff. Yeah. They, like I was a burgeoning <laughs> beer snob, and they were like yeah. schooling me left and right. It was yeah. great. And, and this, this location also does growler fills and tastings Ooh. of both hard alcohol and wine and beer and all kinds of stuff. They, they do a lot of community outreach to introduce and, and educate the public. So I endorse this location, even though I, I have nothing to gain from it. But I would say I if you are in the Portland metro area and have not visited Fortside Brewing or have not tried any of their beers, they are available at a bunch of the different tap rooms, usually year-round. This beer first came out about a year and a half ago. And mm. put Fortside on the map. They they had tried to find something really? to this really. Really, this is the beer that did it. This is the beer that they. I didn't know that. They sold out of it immediately, and then they just a year round production of this beer so that they can <laughs> can it. I believe they do their own on site canning. That they bought their own canning line just so they could do this beer, as well as a few of their other ones. But this is their big seller. Uh, I uh, hope they obviously. don't change the recipe. It is an amazing. Very dry, pithy, citrus-forward, just wonderful New England juicy IPA. Randall, you look concerned. I am concerned that I can't drink more. (laughs) It's so good. This beer was great. It's definitely one of my top tens, and um, 
I look forward to buying a lot more of it. Yes. If you watch Uncut, Uncut Gems and you're able to get your hands on some Orange Whip, perfect. Otherwise, I feel like a general juicy IPA would work. Yeah. Like a hazy would probably be good with this movie. Yeah. Real, like something that changes because this movie had me like tense and then okay I can relax. Oh no, this is bad again. Yeah. Okay, I can relax now. A lot of oh, emotional. No, a lot of emotional roller coaster with this as far as feeling for the characters, understanding yeah. the, mm-hmm. the trauma they're going through, or at least. The main character goes through quite oh frequently. What a, it's, People should watch the new Star Wars and drink Blue Moon. <laughs> and then the next day, go see Uncut Gems I, I and drink some Orange Whip. I legit thought you were going to say Blue the, Milk. I, I, no, 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 no. Which, I'm say, which I'm they saying, have like, what is it, blue or green milk? That they blue milk. Yeah, blue right, right. I would have like, you would have heard me running around the basement just screaming like, oh, wow. oh I think, I think you got to come down for this film because this film is such a high. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's so intense and this beer is so And wonderful. it's a long movie. And it's so a long movie. So yeah. make sure if it's a group of people or it's like you and a friend, maybe two six-packs yeah, or no, no. two of whatever you can get. There's, we, I think it's a long movie. Uh, some of us went through a couple of uh, at it, least three pints. and, and, and It again, doesn't feel like a two-hour movie, no, but it's a two-hour movie. We want to thank you all for joining us today in this wonderful podcast, Movie and a Beer. Discussed Uncut Gems and this wonderful beer, Orange Whip by Fortside Brewing. In the future, you do enjoy a movie and a beer. Please remember to hydrate as much as possible. Yes, please. With hydrate, something hydrate, else besides hydrate. beer. With something else besides oh, no. beer. Hydrate, I would hope, implies water. Yes. Hydrate. Or just chewing a cactus, whatever makes you happy. And and please uh, remember to drink responsibly. And mm-hmm. the opinions expressed in this podcast are those of us here mm-hmm. doing the podcast. And we want to thank you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, please go see Uncut Gems. Wonderful film. Yes. And pair a nice juicy IPA with it. And if you can get this orange whip from Fortside, that would be really recommended. And thank you all for joining us and listening. Uh, I'm Dan Kapersky, and we have... I'm your glass expert, Blake. And And I'm just a guy with an opinion. Yeah! All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good night. Thanks for listening. This has been Movie and a Beer. Stay tuned for future episodes and features to be added to our website and podcast. And please remember to drink responsibly and hydrate... Hydrate, hydrate.